Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 8 of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. This is a special edition of the Okie Geek Podcast, and I am joined by DC Comics writer Sterling Gates. Some of Sterling's titles include Justice League of America, World's Finest, and Action Comics, as well as co-writing the New York Times best-selling Superman New Krypton Saga. Sterling, you've been teaching kids at the Oklahoma City Metropolitan Library about writing comics. What do you tell children about writing comics? Uh, it's going to be, we're going to talk about superheroes and what makes a superhero and what versus what makes a supervillain. Oh, cool. uh, and um, kind of, uh, I'm going to walk you through like how I think of creating a superhero and, and what characteristics are important and why we make superheroes and what we talk about when we make these larger than life characters that... Um, fight these huge battles and what it means for the human condition and we're gonna get really deep what's your advice uh when in 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 writing a good comic book do you give to kids i mean a lot of it inevitably ends up being if you want to write a comic book you should sit down and write one because Mm -hmm. so often people will um have the desire and have the but but manage to talk themselves out of it Um, right and so it's just having the the can-do attitude and, and sitting down with a piece of paper and a pen or a laptop or a word processor or whatever um, and, and sitting down and writing page one, panel one, mm-hmm. and then figuring out what your story is and where it goes. And, um, and then I tell them that splash pages need to be on the even-numbered pages. So if you're doing a big image, it has to be on page two instead of, you know, page five. Right, the the, the big so. the big one, the double page. Yeah, that, 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 that way when you turn the page, it's the first thing you see. And I, I mean, I don't know, like advice. Uh, I, a, a lot of my advice always ends up being, if you want to make comics, please sit down and make comics because we. I really feel like people talk themselves out of it out of fear or they don't have time or whatever. But if you really want to make comics, you need to find an artist um, mm-hmm. and and sit down and write something that an artist can draw. And I'm guessing it takes time to really get to, to a great level. Just starting out is, is the important part. It's just being creative as, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think we're all creative in, in some ways. And, and um, just sitting down and pushing through the fear. I mean, so many people get sort of overwhelmed by the fear of, well, what if it's terrible? Like, what if it's what if I make a comic and it sucks? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, don't think like that. Like, if you make a comic and it sucks, the next one will be better. Right. Um, you know, I, I worked with a guy named uh, James Robinson on a, on a series, um, New Krypton, which is a Superman thing. And I remember calling him and I was like, God, I, I, I just turned in the script for this issue and I'm really unhappy with it. And, and he's like, Sterling, and he's British, so yeah, this is my terrible <laughs> James impression. He's like, Sterling, the best thing about comic books is that there's always next month. And if you want to do better, next month do better. And so I'm sorry, James, for that impression. Um, <laughs> uh, and but he was totally right. Like I, I, when you look at it like that, well, there's always the next one, and there's always, you know, in baseball, there's always the next time up at bat, and you just you have to think, you have to push through the fear, and and yeah, be hard on yourself, and and look at what works and what doesn't work in your own work. But um, there's always the next the next thing on the horizon to work on and and do better. You grew up in Tulsa, correct? I did. And how did you get started just reading? How did you get started just in comics, reading them as a kid? Uh, my parents owned a comic store. Oh, that helps. Um, Sooner Books and Comics, uh, 41st in Peoria, if you know Tulsa at all. Um, and so I grew up with a house full of comics. Um, every every drawer, every nook, every cranny was, was full of back issues and back stock for the store. And so 
you know, when I wanted to read a comic, I'd go out to the garage and just pull a long box of 200 and 300 comics off the shelf and, and take it to my room and start digging through and reading the complete runs of, I don't know, Power Man and Iron Fist and stuff like that. Were there certain ones that you were drawn to as a kid? The Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not the skinniest of mm-hmm. children and I was very slow and um, the bullies at my school were very fast. And so I really wanted to be the Flash. I wanted to have that superpower because I wanted to be able to outrun them. Um, later in life, I wanted to be Batman because who doesn't want to be Batman? Because he's a billionaire. <laughs> you know, He's a billionaire that, that makes his own weapons and, and causes trouble in Gotham City. Uh, and then um, I wanted to be Superman for a while. And then I got really into the X-Men in the 90s. Right. And, and then it you know, just sort of steamrolled and kept going and kept going. Um, I dropped out of comics. I dropped out of reading comics some when I was uh, a teenager because I figured out that that girls would pay attention if I played guitar. Yeah. And so <laughs> you know my uh, so once you figure that out, like that that playing guitar becomes your focus. Uh, and then my dad passed away, and we decided to sell the comic store. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, I was a teenager, and I was grieving, and I was looking for something to keep me going. And uh, I was going through flashback issues, and there was a character named Wally West. Mm-hmm who um, was the, the Flash that took over when Barry Allen died. He was Kid Flash, and then he ascended from being just the sidekick Kid Flash, and he became the Flash. And that, that um, story and that sort of metaphor like spoke to me on a huge level because I was encountering the same emotions and, and dealing with the same, um, the same problem where my father had passed away and you know, my family, like my brother and I, we were trying to live up to that mantle that, that, that legacy that my father had left behind. And mm-hmm. so watching Wally West go through that over a hundred something issues was captivating and powerful. And, and it spoke to me a lot. Um, and so I got back into comics in a big way. Uh, and I've been sort of in that, that world ever since. And when did you switch over to writing them? Uh, I always wanted to write comics. Um, I think I wrote my first actual comic in college, probably. Um, so I was 20, mm-hmm. 21, somewhere in there. Would so. you say, how have you looked back at that comic and decided whether, how, how you <laughs> were then to how you are now? I, I have. I, I have reread that comic script recently. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, there's always, always, there's always next yeah. month. You know, you always, you're always going to get better. Uh, no, I, I reread it recently. I, I came across it in an old file, and it, 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 I think the story, like the base idea of it's still really interesting, but in terms of craft, I had, I had none. Um, and so you're watching, uh, it was just, you know, 20-year-old me sort of flailing at mm-hmm. writing a, a script and hoping it was, hoping it was good. Uh, the other thing is I was going to draw it myself because um, for a long time I thought I was going to be a writer-artist. Uh, and so the, the directions are all towards me and, um, they're all like, they're all these little weird asides and notes and stuff that only I would understand and, and get so and impossible for another artist to take it over. Impo- totally it. impossible. Yeah. I, like I would have to clean it up significantly for anyone else to, to read it and understand it now. But it's like, there's one where it's like, remember the shot from sound of music where this happens, <laughs> you're going to duplicate that. And it's clearly a shot that I liked at 20 and wanted to do. But as an artist, if I were writing for an artist now, I'd have to go figure out what that shot was and <laughs> uh, how to convey that properly in a script for someone to draw. 
I enjoy reading comics as well, but it seems like comics are more geared toward teenagers and adults. Is there still a place for kids in reading comics nowadays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's tough because DC and Marvel sort of run the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they create the the most superhero oriented content on the market. Um, Marvel's been very careful to try to. S- make sure that they always have books available for teens um, and younger readers. Ms. Marvel right now is a, is a great book for, for teenagers and younger readers. And Um, and for the Islam community, since she is a Muslim. Right. Uh, And it's a great book, by the way, it's really fun. I don't know if you read that book. Yeah. It's Uh, one of my favorites. It's really good. Um, But I think that's, that's pretty accessible for younger readers, Mm -hmm. um, especially as it's a hero who gets her start um, idolizing another hero and, and takes on like a, She's inspired by Captain Marvel to become Ms. Marvel, and I think that's that's super cool. And we don't you don't see that a lot in superhero uh, storytelling nowadays. It was a common trope in the '50s um, when you had like post uh, post comics code. You were looking for things that would appeal to kids, and so since Robin was still huge, they were like, okay, we need, we need more teen sidekicks. So you right. got Kid Flash and and all these characters. Um, and so Ms. Marvel is cool because it it's kind of a throwback idea to have the teen sidekick, but she has her own book. Like, it's not Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. It's here are the stories of Kamala Khan. And I think mm-hmm. it's super interesting. And she's not quite as scantily clad um, as the original Ms. Marvel. <laughs> right, right. Well, and sensibilities are changing right. um, significantly. You know, like, you're looking at an industry that is uh, looking around and, and finally starting to understand, like, where the audiences are and who, who is reading these books and that they need to offer a wide variety of content and subject matter and a wide variety of characters and and it no one it's new it feels new and and one of the things i like about the comic industry is it feels like suddenly it's a different it's a different world than it was 15 years ago mm-hmm. um and it's a different world than it was 5 years ago um Lumber Janes is another book right. that, that I think kids uh, can really gravitate towards. Um, Princeless is a is a book that Action Lab Entertainment puts out that I really like. Um, it's about fighting princesses that don't <laughs> need a prince, so they're princeless. That's awesome. Um, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like that, I think I think DC and Marvel like they there are books out there for younger readers for sure. It's just um, they're not as prominent as they were say 30 years ago. You just have to go find them. Um, yeah. You gotta, yeah. you gotta know where to look and, and you know, like um, th- there are books for, I, I don't know. I believe there are books for anybody. You just got to yeah. look for them and, and you got to look around the internet and see what appeals to you and what appeals to your sensibilities and what, what characters you're going to like. Um, you know, a- everything I've ever written, I tried to make fairly all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've written anything that's super dark or, or too gory or anything. Um, but it's you know, it, it you just got to look. There's stuff out there. You just got to go to the comic store and and talk to the the guys behind the counter and see see what they recommend and see what they like, and hopefully they can steer you. And you have some great comic shops in the Oklahoma right. City area. And they, and they will. They'll, if you ask to tell them what you're looking for, they can easily find it for you. Yeah. I just went to the store All-Star Comics. Yeah, up on May Avenue. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great store. Mm-hmm. Great store. Now, comic book movies and TVs are now the big thing. Uh, is this good news for the graphic novel lover? Sure. I, I mean, why, why wouldn't that be good news, you know? Uh, um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a great platform for not even superheroes, just I, I, if you look back over comic movies, 
over the last, let's say, 10 years, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if you look over comic movies, I mean, they've, they've exploded in quality, mm-hmm. which comes from quantity as well. You know, doing, having three Avengers movies every, or three Marvel movies every year, or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever we're at now, and, and DC's got a, an upcoming movie slate, and obviously DC TV shows are, are huge with Arrow and Flash and... Um, and they have Legends of Tomorrow coming soon. And, Supergirl and coming Gotham's on CBS, Supergirl's yeah. coming out on CBS. I mean, like, there are so many great DC TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'll be, that's a, a really great thing for the industry, but also for the superhero genre. Um, a lot of, the, uh, some of what I like about those DC TV shows is, like, you're, you're watching Hollywood writers who normally write drama um, coming into a genre uh, and doing a genre show and they bring a really fresh instinct and, and, uh, uh, and fresh eyes to the material. And so you get things like Supergirl, which is not, which is, you know, done by people that love the, the medium, but mm-hmm. it's also done by people who are really great with drama and understand what makes drama tick and why, why certain characters pop. And I, it's just, it's going to be, I, I'm really excited for all those, all those TV shows. And, and I don't know, I just, I, I don't see how it could be bad to have, more superhero material on the market. I, I just don't see the, the, the downside, honestly. Right. And it's because people can enjoy it regardless of their, it's no longer the, the geeky boy in his parents' basement. It's everybody. It's everybody can enjoy it. Men, women, all ages can enjoy these shows and, yeah. and take away whatever it is they enjoy about the, the genre and maybe tune them. If they're watching the television show, maybe go into their local comic book store and want to pick up the, 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 the newest Supergirl or the newest Flash or whatever. Sure. What do you think is going to be the next big thing in comics? Witches. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think witches are the next big thing. Why is that? Um, I, I think people like vampires. Great. But I think uh, that's sort of played out. They're looking for things that are representative of the slightly dangerous other. And I, I think witches offer uh, sort of an, an untapped potential uh, for story and for character right now. Do you think there'll be that variety that there is in vampire lore into witches, where we I mean you've got I good, hope so. bad, the the way they get their powers, all these kinds of things? It's I hope so. Different. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you're gonna. They've already started. I mean, they announced at least two new witch books at San Diego, and mm-hmm. and I feel like we're gonna start seeing more witch stuff. Um, a lot. Some of that also comes in from Scott Snyder's witches book, witches with a Y, why, which, why, right. witches, witches, uh, being extremely popular. And and I think you know, generally you'll have, for a lot of books, like once one thing is popular, companies try to duplicate that mm-hmm. lightning in the bottle. And so you get suddenly there's a bunch of books about knights, or suddenly right. there's a bunch of books about. Um, Gosh, I don't know, vampires, right? Uh, and or zombies, or, or whatever oh, happens. Sure, to you know, Walking Dead, you know, like right. led led the charge for Marvel zombies and for mm-hmm. you know zombies are are a hit, obviously. Um, but I, I just, in, in terms of comics, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at witches, going, okay, cool, I, I get it. Like, and then as each group announces a new witch book, I'm like, okay, that's why every, every publisher is going to have a witch book soon. Got it. And what are you doing right now? What's going on with you? I'm doing a witch's book. Are you? Uh, <laughs> who are you doing? For- no, 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 no. Uh, uh, it's something I'm, I'm something I'm working on. But um, right now, I, you know, I, I'm working on some top secret uh, non-comics writing, mm-hmm. um, comic based, but not for print. Not the actual graphic novel. Uh, but, but I signed a non-disclosure agreement, so I can't talk much about that. 
Um, and then I just did a, a story for DC based on the Flash TV show. Oh, okay. Um, they do a spinoff comic called Flash Season Zero. Right. That is the, the setup and the characters from the TV show in print. Um, and they, uh, on the show, they use a character I made called Caitlin Snow. And so I wanted, they approached me about doing this spinoff book. And I said, well, I, I'd like to do more stuff about Caitlin Snow because mm-hmm. on the show, she's awesome, but like th- she doesn't have a whole lot of history. And I'd like to do a sort of a backstory revealing uh, tale for her. And so it's a team up story with, with Caitlin and Cisco where Barry is off doing this flash thing somewhere else. And then uh, Caitlin and Cisco get a message from one of Caitlin's old teachers um, like a message from beyond the grave. Uh, and it's like, you know, please help me, Caitlin. Like if, if you're hearing this, I'm dead. I need you to go do this and this and this. And so Caitlin and Cisco go on this, um, journey. Uh, and, and Caitlin grapples with the idea that, you know, just because someone was your mentor 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever, how much power do they have over you now? How much do you owe them? How much do you owe your former mentor? Mm-hmm. Um, because yes, they they taught you a lot and they they brought you into it, but past a certain point, like do you, you know, do they have power over you still? And and when you get this bizarre message from the grave asking you to go to this abandoned house and dig out this scientific an- anomaly device, uh, do you do that? Do you jump to that because you owe you feel like you owe the person because mm-hmm. they've passed away? And um, it's a romp. It it turns into a romp and it's very. Um, it, it's sort of my 1940s. You remember that uh, Bob Hope movie, uh, Ghost Breakers? Mm-hmm. It's sort of me doing Ghost Breakers with Caitlin and Cisco. How much control does, I think the showrunner of that is Jeff Johns, correct? And uh, on that on Flash, it's a guy named Andrew Kreisberg. And how much control does he have over what you write to make sure that you don't do anything that would infringe on the characters or the show that's what's going on right now? Well, when you do work like that, I mean, you understand you're not there to break a character. You're not there to change them significantly. It's not your job to alter that character in, in an irre, uh, irrevocable way. Um, so I pitched a story in, to the group um, on email, and then I got approvals back and went to script. I mean, mm-hmm. I, one of the things about being a freelancer is you, you know your boundaries and you know what, yeah. what 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 you can or can't do and and you try to push those boundaries but you never you don't want to break the characters in such a way that they are um that they can't be used like like you don't want to go to somebody's house uh and walk into their their room and pick up all their action figures and just snap them in half right. Uh, and then walk away, you know, like you want to hang out and play with your your buddy and, and have the fight. And then you put the action figures back on the shelf and you go home and, and everybody's happy. Um, same concept, sort of like you, you when you work on these characters, you, you know that you um, they're you're doing a job to supplement those characters, not snap them in half. And so um, with this story, I, I pitched it and they they approved it and I went off and scripted it and. Here we are. I worked yeah. with this. I worked with this. Sorry, let me. Yeah. I worked with this amazing artist named um, Ibrahim Mustafa, mm-hmm. who did a book called High Crimes um, for Dark Horse. It just came out. Uh, but man, getting his pages back, he does such great likenesses for those characters. It was. It felt like. It feels hopefully like you're watching the TV show because he's so good. Um, and I, I think that guy's gonna blow up in a big way too. Like, have, uh, have, have you ever thought about wanting to do some writing for some of these TV shows? 
Or for the movies sure. or, or whatever. <laughs> sure, I've thought sure. about if it. They want, if they want me, yeah. They they have my email and number and sure. So right now it just seems like a renaissance period for comic lovers and, and lovers of the graphic novels that we've never had before, certainly. No, yeah, in, in history. I mean, it's it's a different, like I said, it's a different world from 15 years ago. You know, when I, when I came back into comics after my dad passed away, they were still, you know, what, what was it you said, guys in basements? Yeah. Uh, you know, on message boards, posting on, on AOL boards, um, AOL keyword, you know, <laughs> DC comics. Um, it was a different world and, and comics like the profile has gotten larger and the audience has gotten wider. Um, and now I, I can do things like have these writing workshops for kids and, and kids show up and they're engaged and they're excited because yeah. they watched Ant-Man last weekend or they saw the Avengers 2 two months ago, or they watch the flash of their dad every week. You know, it's when I was their age, when I was 10, there was a flash TV show and it was awesome. John Wesley ship. I loved that show, but like I would go to school and be like, Hey, did you guys watch the flash last night? And everyone would just kind of stare at me. I'm like, did you watch the Cardinals game? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we totally watched the Cardinals game. Like, okay, well that's, there it is. I was busy watching the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And, and now you, you know, like we're going to talk about the flash in, in these workshops and and kids know the character. They know who Barry Allen is. They know, you know, his mom was murdered by the reverse flash. The fact that kids know the name reverse flash (laughs) makes me so happy. Uh, It's just, we're in a really good spot and we're in a place that, that comics has never really been before and on top of that, you're getting really great adaptations, again, in the last 10 years mm-hmm. for non-superhero comics. Um, a History of Violence was a great graphic novel mm-hmm. that, they, that David Cronenberg made into a really great movie. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Edgar Wright's adaptation of the Oni uh, Scott Pilgrim book. I mean, stuff that is not superhero fair, but is based in a comic book and, and made into a really great movie. And so people can walk into a comic store and and not know Scott Pilgrim is a comic because they've seen the movie a hundred times right. and they walk in and they're like, holy smokes, like this is, a, this is a comic. And I think, but then you've got people that know and, and love that comic and will, you know, they have the color version, they have the black and white, they've got it all and they'll press their friend and say, Hey, you need to read Scott Pilgrim. It's a great book. Um, and that book came out 10 years ago. So we're, right. we're looking at, you know, uh, stuff from 10 years ago. That's, that's sort of, all of a sudden seems new blowing up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's a cool and, and, and let's talk about the walking dead right. for instance. Walking dead. Yes. Every week there's a new walking dead. kids know the walking dead. It, it's scary to me how much kids know and love the walking dead. Cause when I was probably 10, that would have scared the pants off. Me. <laughs> yes. Um, but kids know it. And every week that opening credits thinks is based on the graphic novel series by Kirkman, um, Adler and Moore. And they've got the preacher coming out. Apparently is preacher's going to be a series yeah. book that's, that'll be coming out, I think sometime in the next year or so. So yeah, you know, there's um, a lot of times in these, these graphic novels that don't have to do with superheroes are all of a sudden dealing with other issues and they're, they're, they're almost easier to do because you don't have to worry about people flying. You can actually, I zombie, I zombie is right, another CW. example of a, of a, um, Great book, great book. Mike Allred's. That was turned into a really different TV show, but it's based in a, on a comic. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Roberson uh, and Mike Allred's book, which is uh, which is available now at yes. all comic retailers. <laughs> That's right. You can pick that up right now. 
these when Oklahoma seems to be picking up on the the trend as well. We've got Wizard World that came last November. There's right. another one coming up in October. It seems like Oklahoma is finally catching the wave of the, all these geeky things that we never really were into before. It's interesting. I just saw a statistic that's uh, a comic store statistic that said that Oklahoma was one of the highest uh, num- has has one of the highest numbers of comic stores per capita of any other state. Really? Or, or we're like second behind New York or something, but like we, yeah, we have a very strong comic book community um, that again didn't exist 15 years ago, or I, I left 10 years ago, and and we had um, I was living in Norman, so Speeding Bullet was my was my shop, and and so we had a, a very strong base of like hardcore comic guys, um, but now I think that those communities have just exploded and. Uh, you know, Oklahoma has a, a very passionate fan base and a, a very strong comic community that, uh, again, I wish had existed. Um, and a comic book making community. I mean, I mean you've got mm-hmm. a lot of, of, of men and women making really interesting interesting stuff. I, I'm on this Facebook group uh, of Oklahoma comic creators um, and just seeing their work. Is, What's the name of that one? I think it's just There's Oklahoma just comic creators. <laughs> uh, but seeing some of the work they they put up and post is, is fascinating because, again, like I, I didn't know that I didn't know that those people existed when I was living here and trying to make comics. So I was writing and drawing all my own stuff. Um, so I, I, it's a, it's a, it is an interesting and exciting and exhilarating change from when I lived here um, versus now. Uh, and, and I make the joke all the time. Like if Oklahoma had been what it is now 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have left mm-hmm. um, because there's such a, a, a huge community doing stuff that I like and stuff that I wanted to be doing 10 years ago, but I couldn't do here. So I moved to Los Angeles because that's where the entertainment industry is. Mm -hmm. Um, and you've got stuff like, uh, like post human that we made here. Um, that no one, like you couldn't have made post human 10 years ago when I left. Mm -hmm. Um, but we made it now. Uh, or uh, two years ago, right. or you know, whenever. But it's, but it's out right now. It is out. Yeah. It's out. It's on. Am- I just saw this morning. It's on Amazon Prime streaming. So if you if you have Amazon Ooh. Prime, you can watch it now, free, like on Prime. So that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, that's out. We have a Blu-ray out. We just did a Blu-ray with a featurettes and a blooper reel and all that stuff. That's on the website posthumanmovie.com uh, for all your posthuman needs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, and we made that. You know, we shot that all over the state. We shot on Quartz Mountain. We shot um, in Oklahoma City. And, and I, that is a project that couldn't have existed 10 years ago. We couldn't have done that at all, just given technology. Um, and so the fact that we could make an independent superhero feature in Oklahoma using all local cast and crew, I think speaks to the the drive and desire of Oklahomans to tell stories about superpowered people and and empowering stories about um, young men and women fighting to save the world, you know. Um, and I think there's a, I, I think, you know, I, I'm really interested in seeing in ten years time what this scene looks like, both nationally and within Oklahoma, uh, just to see how different it is. You can find more about Sterling on his webpage, sterlinggates.com, on Facebook at the Sterling Gates fan page, and on Twitter at Sterling Gates. The Okie Geek podcast panel will return next time to continue our conversation on things which have jumped the shark. You can find us on Twitter at at Okie Geek Podcast, and you can like our new Facebook page, Okie Geek Podcast, 
and send us an email with comments to okiegeekpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, I'm Michael Cross reminding you to keep calm and geek on.